This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Wednesday afternoon, January 24th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. An offer of a job can sometimes include the need for relocation. We'll discuss ways to decide what to do in our next segment, but right now, for the first time in at least 10 years, more students are choosing to go to college, and that can present a tremendous financial challenge for families. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park Business Line reminds you to bring your business home is Ed Jertsen, certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group in Chicago. Find him online at engagewealthgroup.com. Ed, thank you for joining us today. And if you find yourself in a gathering of other adults anywhere, if you want to start a conversation and really ramp up their anxiety, ask them about how they plan to pay for college. Because regardless of where you fall on the income spectrum, you could be uh, making money hand over fist, and chances are you're still worried about how you're going to afford to send your kids to college. Yeah, Rob, and this is not a line item that is getting any less expensive. I mean, college funding and college expenses have gone up far higher than inflation. And so like any major goal, whether it's retirement or sending your kids to college, it takes planning. And that is the key. And like anything, as you know, and we've told listeners throughout the years, starting early and using compounding in your favor is one of the key elements to reduce that stress when the time comes. And the first thing probably uh, to do right off the bat, uh, even uh, before, in some cases, uh, a child is born, is uh, to get that uh, 527 plan up and running so you're donating and contributing to it uh, from from the moment uh, they're in diapers. Yeah, we are big fans of 529 plans. 529 plans in Bright Start, the Illinois program, is one of the best in the country. And so not only can parents contribute to it, but grandparents and others can contribute to that same 529 plan. So what a great way to save this, uh, for college, because ultimately having monies in a 529 plan actually work out better when you're doing with FAFSA and other things than monies directly in the kids and the child's name. So 529 plans are a great way to, to help fund or partially fund uh, college expenses. Ed, thank you for uh, for tactfully uh, correcting me there. It's a 529 plan, uh, not a 527 plan, and I, I don't want to uh, have someone uh, donate to a 527 plan without knowing what it is. Uh, that would certainly be very awkward. But let's talk about the FAFSA form, because outside of saving for college in a uh, tax-free or ta- a tax-advantaged uh, savings account, uh, filling out that form really really is uh, your portal to uh, every kind of financial aid or grant available. Yeah, so FAFSA has gone through a change. And so when you're applying for school, that kind of gives you an idea of federal-based aid. 
So ultimately, right, monies that are in the child's sole name, right, if you have a UGMA account or a child's uh, savings account, literally counts more against them, if you would, than a 529 or assets in a parent's name. The important part for all your listeners, Rob, is this. There's need-based aid and there's merit-based aid. And so just because you happen to be in a relatively affluent suburb, let's say, and you make a lot of income, make sure that not only you but your child is also looking not only for that federal aid, but also scholarships. And this is one of the things we often find uh, individuals not really following much. There are scholarships everywhere, and it just takes a little bit of due diligence and time. And as we often guide our clients, the parents uh, of these children, have the child go through this process as well. Make this a communal effort. So if children can save money on their tuition without having to get loans because they're taking the lead on scholarships, by all means, encourage them to do that. So there's multiple ways of paying for school other than just out of your parents' pocket and loans. And lastly, I mean, there is a a lot of discussion about student debt because it's uh, at the forefront of policy, and it has been for a long time. But despite that, it, it going to school, getting a college degree is still the best bet you can make on yourself. Yeah, we're worried about, or not what we're worried about, we're thinking about return on investment. So spending a lot of money in an education is a good thing, as long as the end can justify the means. Because we've seen plenty of folks who've got a lot of debt who end up in areas that really they're going to be burdened for quite a long time because that ultimate salary doesn't support that. The important part, Rob, is to understand that before you go down this this road. Like you understand what you're kind of getting yourself into because from time to time we see folks who are like, I had no idea. I'm like, you had an idea. So ultimately, again, you want to make sure that what you're spending in terms of tuition, you're basically kind of getting out in terms of you as an individual and learning, but also what that fruits of your labor in college is going to turn out to be in terms of future employment opportunities. So it's not a popular conversation to have, Rob, but it's an important one. Ed Jertsen, certified financial planner, founder of the Engage Wealth Group in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. As you conduct a job search, one important factor can be the need to relocate for the position. Let's discuss some of the things you should consider with Mark Horner, Wealth Advisor, Fairhaven Wealth Management in Wheaton. Find him online at fairhavenwealth.com. Mark, this is a uh, subject that is uh, near and dear to my heart because uh, when you work in broadcasting, uh, it's a pretty uh, itinerant uh, business. You could uh, uh, load up the U-Haul and, and, and as the song says, go town the town up and down the dial. Uh, I, I entertained uh, serious offers to uh, move to either New York or Washington over the past decade. But once the uh, romance and the excitement of uh, packing up and moving across the country fades away, you really have to do a lot of homework and make sure the math adds up before you move out. Boy, a WKRP in Cincinnati reference. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, love, I love that. I think you're, so, not, uh, you're not allowed to work in radio unless uh, you know that series backwards and forwards. I, I love it. A personal favorite. Well, well. so the uh, this topic is also near and dear to my heart. My dad's been uh, working in Athens, Greece for the last 14 years. So I've, uh, in addition to talking with clients about about this challenge, I've, I've experienced that personally. So we could go on for a long time on, on, this, on this topic, but I think there's two big categories to be thinking about. One is professionally and the other is personally. And so a couple of bullets to be thinking about on the professional side is, uh, what, what options are going to open are going to open up for me on the other side of this opportunity? And so, and and also, what is the uh, 
uh, maturity date of the opportunity. So overseas assignments can frequently have more specific end dates in mind than maybe moving from Chicago to Cincinnati uh, to maybe take over a different region. But having some having those candid conversations with your boss about about what is what does my career look like on the other side of this opportunity, and then what am I asking my family to do, and for how long? And so that that then gets you to the personal side. Of, of really having candid conversations, especially uh, if you've got uh, a spouse and kids with, with what this is going to mean for them. Because the, one of the challenges is you as the, as the worker, you go off to work every day and you've got sort of a built-in, a built-in social uh, uh, network to plug into, and the family does not. And so that, that can create all sorts of challenges if you go off to work one day and your spouse and family are sitting home missing their missing their friends and and uh, and the neighborhood people, so a lot of factors to consider. Yeah, the the hardest thing is uh, is is pulling your kids out of school and then moving them across the country and putting them in a new school, and that could be a situation where they could potentially thrive, or it could be a traumatic situation that stays with them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, absolutely, and that's gonna. There's no standard answer for that one. So that's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be driven by uh, just the, the the nature of who your kids are. I, I, one of our clients, they had an overseas assignment in Germany when their kids were younger, and they the kids ended up coming back being fluent in German and just love the experience. And so that, that's an example of of really thriving and really uh, giving the kids an experience they would definitely not have, uh, just staying here stateside. But, but so talking about kids, I would discourage anybody thinking about this from getting the conversation with the kids started too soon. You want to make sure that you and your, that you and your significant other are on the same page about, about what, if this opportunity is in fact worth it professionally and you're prepared to navigate it personally before you start having conversations with the kids what's an absolute deal breaker very quickly like if they say uh, we want you to move but there are no moving relocation expenses do you is that where you end the phone call yeah well so th- this is this is going to be an opportunity for negotiation and so uh, that somebody that somebody is tapping you on the shoulder to, to consider this opportunity that's already uh, they're showing their hand that they think something of you. And so whatever somebody might say on that first conversation about we're not prepared to do this, we're not prepared to do that, I would not take it face value. And so I would be I would very much be going back to them about, well, I need to I need to get this for relocation expenses. I need to get this for salary. Um, I need to go practice this experience again, especially if we're talking about with family. So I need to go there for five days, whatever the destination is with my significant other to actually be boots on the ground in whatever the new locale is. So you should act again, that they tapped you on the shoulder. They want you to go do this. So take advantage of that. Mark Horner, wealth advisor, Fairhaven wealth management in Wheaton. Thank you for joining us today. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM noon business hour continues. Some analysts are looking at the possibility of the federal legalization of marijuana and what the impact would be on cannabis related companies. Let's get the perspective of Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital, author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Michael, thank you for joining us today. And of course, uh, you're a, a longtime observer of the business of cannabis. And when 
we talk about analysts believing that legalization, descheduling, uh, and legalizing recreational marijuana on a federal level uh, is inevitable. At what point in that inevitability cycle do you as an investor actually want to put your money down? Well, good afternoon, Rob, and thanks for having me on. If it's inevitable, which it's not, by the way, but if it's inevitable, um, then you should be long right now without doubt because the uh, at least the, the MSOS, and I, I mentioned that because that's the ETF that basically it covers the U.S. cannabis uh, sector very well. So if you want to just invest in the whole sector, you buy MSOS. And and w- that was our pick-to-click when we we talked stocks at the end of the year with you guys for this year when it was trading about uh, six bucks and it's nine today, um, up 50% from then and up 30% just year to date here in, in the first few weeks of January. So, you know, you want to be long this thing, but it's not inevitable. I say, though, that it's a very good bet that it's going to happen. I don't, I don't like saying inevitable because that, that obviously uh, connotates 100% chance, and there's not a whole lot of 100% chances out there um, in the stock market. So I would just say it's highly likely, and uh, it's, but it is in the hands of the DEA, and, and the DEA could do whatever they want, and, and we're waiting on, on that, uh, that decision, which should be in the next few weeks weeks uh, for for sure in the first quarter. And we've had this discussion before that uh, if marijuana is either descheduled on a federal level or uh, uh, legalized uh, for recreational purposes entirely, it won't necessarily mean more growth in the cannabis space, but it will make existing cannabis businesses stronger. It depends. on. So if it gets rescheduled, which I don't think it's going to get descheduled, but I think it will get rescheduled to Schedule 3, and that changes the taxation situation and allows these companies to actually make some money. Right now, on a, as a Schedule 1 narcotic, which is puts in the category with heroin, um, uh, which is why rescheduling makes so much sense, but um, it, it, they are not allowed, cannabis operators are not allowed to deduct most of their operating expenses. So you can imagine trying to run a business when you can't deduct normal expenses from your revenues, and you end up paying taxes that are way larger than what it should be. So it's hard for these companies make money but if they get rescheduled to schedule three that goes away and then they're a normal business and they're treated as normal business by the irs and that's a huge huge step forward and that's why that is what will drive profitability in this sector and and allow these companies to actually get normal multiples because right now they're getting priced almost for a, a fire sale levels uh, but the other thing is is that there there could be uh, Congress involved in in in, in uh, a safe banking legislation, which also could help the industry. But as far as growth, the growth should should happen if if it gets completely legalized. But it won't affect growth if they just reschedule it, because that will not allow it to be more, uh, sold. Uh, uh, more frequently or in, in or, or in greater numbers of locations, it will just allow the companies to make some money in the in the revenue that they do make. Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital, author of the book Calculated Risk in Chicago. Thank you for joining us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. This is Nancy Hardy. A toddler is killed after being shot in the face at a home on Chicago's far south side. January has been a rough weather month in multiple regions of the country. It's Personal Finance Wednesday, finding the balance between saving for the future and living now. Also on the financial front, making sure you're prepared for the retired life. WBBM Business. The markets are higher. The Dow is up 47 points. NASDAQ up 167. S&P 500 up 29. We have 36 degrees right now in Chicago with light rain at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour. A toddler is dead after being shot in the West Pullman neighborhood last night. The details from WBBM's Nancy Hardy. Chicago police say they found a two-year-old boy with a gunshot wound to the face when they responded to what they believe was an accidental shooting in a home near 119th and LaSalle. At around 8.15, a 32-year-old woman told officers she heard a loud noise and discovered the child, who paramedics transported to the hospital where he died. Police recovered a gun and took the woman to a police station. The medical examiner has identified the victim as Jamal Robinson, who lived at the home. Nancy Hardy, News Radio 105.9 WBBM. Stunned storm victims across the country are assessing the damage from a week of wild weather. California's governor declared a state of emergency for Ventura and San Diego counties after rainfall broke. January records. Flash flooding submerged freeways and led to hundreds of water rescues. Jay Lancaster was on hand at San Diego's Salvation Army Croc Center and helped save a stranded man in a truck. Chest high, held the rope down, Sammy swam out. Residents are now pulling soggy, muddy belongings from their homes. All my collectors, valuable cars, everything. This resident was close to tears as he spoke to KGTV. I don't know what else I can do. And in Livermore, east of San Francisco, a woman was rescued Tuesday after spending 14 hours in a creek on top of her submerged pickup truck. Meanwhile, the water utility in Memphis, Tennessee, where a deep freeze broke water pipes citywide, has lifted a boil water advisory. The state reports that 19 counties are having problems with their water systems. Christina Ray lives in Mason, Tennessee. We had to go to the truck stop to take a shower. The town's fire department says there's no timetable for restoration. I'm Jennifer King. It's 1232 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are in positive territory. We're joined by Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast News. 
newsletter based in Hammond. Chuck, thank you for joining us today. And it's a big day for tech stocks, especially uh, thanks to uh, Netflix and Microsoft. Uh, let's go talk quickly about Microsoft, uh, which is now one of the uh, the, the, the world's uh, companies to be valued over $3 trillion, uh, joined only by Apple. So that uh, Bill Gates-Steve Jobs competition uh, continues uh, decades after the fact uh, when it comes to uh, corporate valuation. But what were some of the highlights of uh, uh, Q4 for Microsoft? Well, Microsoft continues to show, A, that they have a a leadership position, or at least among the leadership positions in the AI space, and that's a real, uh, you know, uh, turn on for, for investors right now. The other thing is, too, they have a strong position in the potential for an upgrade in the PC cycle here that will be driven by AI, and that should be a big benefit for a company like Microsoft, especially as it incorporates uh, AI, such as its Copilot, into the into the the, the Windows and Office software. Uh, finally, they have other means of monetizing their assets. I mean, they're you know most people don't realize uh, you know LinkedIn is part of Microsoft, and LinkedIn has really been boosting its its advertising revenue from LinkedIn. So they're just you know they just have their finger, and and then you throw in. The cloud services and their Azure uh, cloud business, and that's going to be driven by uh, more AI demand. So, I mean, they just have their finger in every possible area of technology, of the growing parts of technology, and it's been, you know, generating substantial, you know, double-digit revenue and earnings growth for the company, which is pretty phenomenal on a company of that size. And uh, Netflix, their uh, shares surging 12% after announcing yesterday its total subscriber count hit an all-time high of uh, roughly $261 million. This comes hot on the heels of the uh, new deal with WWE to uh, stream uh, Raw uh, on Netflix uh, uh, starting soon. Are, are, is, are, does the possibility exist, though, that, that Netflix could be hitting a subscriber plateau because uh, they got everybody uh, who was password sharing to turn into paying customers? Well, it is possible. Uh, I don't think the the market certainly doesn't believe that today. Um, but it will be interesting to see how their growth rates and subscriber counts uh, go from here, because as you said, they've kind of gotten most of, of the low-hanging fruit and maybe some of the high-hanging fruit when it comes to the password sharing. So it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, again, you know, this kind of solidifies that you know, Netflix is the winner when it comes to streaming, and everybody else is is seemingly fighting for you know profit crumbs here. And uh, you know that's probably a trend that's going to continue, given the amount of uh, money that they're going to continue to spend on content, which I think is uh, approaching seventeen billion dollars this year. So, uh, you know, yeah, maybe we're we're getting to to a peak there, but um, you know, Wall Street doesn't believe it today. Very quickly, uh, interesting observation yesterday from somebody who said that uh, Netflix, uh, between the success of Suits and now uh, becoming the new home for professional wrestling, that uh, Netflix somehow has reinvented itself as the USA network of uh, basic cable. (laughs) Is that the future for Netflix, that these studios have poured so much money into creating their own content and then creating their own streaming infrastructure that uh, Netflix will just go back to uh, licensing uh, other people's shows and We'll sit back, relax, and count the money. I think that's it. And I think the other direction for them, and and the the deal yesterday kind of uh, portends that, is that, you know, they're going to become a player probably sooner rather than later in in streaming live sports. And that's kind of 
you know, potentially the holy grail for, for a company like Netflix and, and kind of a doomsday scenario for some of the other streamers and, and uh, you know, legacy broadcasting companies. If Netflix gets into that business in a big way, that's going to be very interesting. Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services, publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter in Hammond. Thank you for joining us today. It's, it's 60 Minutes of Financial Planning. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Saving is an important money strategy, but there also needs to be a place for spending. Let's get some insight on balancing the two from Sherry Greco-Rikus, co-founder of Rappaport Rikus Capital Management in Chicago, author of the book, Maximize Your Return on Life. And Sherry, this is certainly a case of maximizing your return on life but it needs a mind you need to have that mindset change sherry and after decades of saving and uh, making sure your retirement funds are ship shape it can be kind of a strange mental turn to go from saving to spending yes it can and usually the people that are frugal have saved the most but as you said you know you need to maximize your return on life you know, there's that saying, penny wise and pound foolish. And I've seen so many examples of that. I um, had a client whose daughter had a baby. She didn't want to spend money on a hotel, which she certainly can afford. She slept on the couch. She hurt her back. She didn't get along with the daughter during that period. So I said, come on, you can afford a hotel. She went into the hotel and she called me and texted me every time that it saved the relationship and saved her back. So sometimes being frugal can have a downside. And once again, this this goes to the, uh, the, the, the psychologist aspect of being a financial planner, because I'm sure when you talk to people who are the serious savers, the most dedicated savers, uh, there is a concern in the back of their mind that uh, whatever they spend today will not be available for a crisis down the road, whatever that crisis may be. And uh, how do you counsel those people and say, look, you know, it, it's OK to get that hotel room. It's OK to take that vacation. You spent your entire life saving for these moments? Well, a couple of things. I try to have a lot of these clients look back to their early memories of money because how their parents handled the money, maybe they grew up where money was scarce. And it does have an emotional side and a psychological side. And once they can figure that out, sometimes the light bulb goes on. The other, you know, as a financial advisor, I try to quantify it for them. I run financial plans, and I know a lot of advisors do, and we put in the emergencies in the plan. We put in unexpected expenses, and even after we show them that, they can still afford the trip, still afford the hotel room. And I give my clients a two-question checklist. I always say, is what you're spending on one of your values? Is it important to you? And can you afford it? And is it within your budget? And if the answer is yes to both, go for it. Maximize your return on life. Spend it. You won't regret it. And you know what? That sounds like an interesting echo of the conversation we had last week about the uh, the, the loud budgeting people, the, the, the younger people who are uh, learning about uh, the joys of saving from uh, TikTok. And uh, we it, once again, it's, it's a matter of making choices. I mean, it doesn't have to be an exercise in wearing uh, sackcloth and denying yourself. It's just spend the money on the things you like and then bank the rest. Yeah, I mean, if you're living within your means, and I always say, and you've heard me say this, you can have anything you want, not everything. Pick what's most important. But I've seen so many times 
I had another client that was cleaning their gutters because they didn't want to pay for it, fell, and ended up in the hospital for two weeks. And it cost more money. So sometimes being frugal can end up costing you more time and more money. So you know I'm a budgeter. You know I love loud budgeting. And you know that I want my clients to live within their means. But there are times that being too frugal can cost you. Sherry Greco-Rikus, co-founder of Rappaport Rikus Capital Management in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday and still to come, money planning for life after you retire. Money Talks as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Personal Finance Wednesday continues with a look at strategies to make your life after retirement what you'd like it to be. We welcome in Chris Everett, fiduciary financial planner and president of Everett Wealth Solutions in Forest Park, author of the book, The Prescription for a Healthy Retirement. Chris, thank you for joining us today. And when it comes to setting up that healthy retirement, the most interesting component of that strategy is that finances, dollars and cents, play a very small role in that. A lot of it is psychology. A lot of it is mindset and getting yourself mentally prepared for life after your retirement party. Well spoken. You know, one of the things that I think you should do first is check your hardwiring. What do I mean by that? You know, if you're a very active person and your career is just filled up from morning till night, when you retire, if you don't put replacement activity there, you could end up with the retirement blues. So someone that's very active will want to stay very active in retirement as well. Maybe not at the same level, but you definitely need to be cognizant of that and make sure you have life after retirement planned out for you. And not to uh, not to sound cynical, because uh, yeah, hopefully uh, once you retire, you have a life partner, a spouse, a husband or wife, and you've been happily married for a long time. But... You also have a schedule that might have uh, meant that you saw each other a lot less uh, when one was working or both parties were working. And then now you're both together under the same roof at the same time. And uh, maybe you're spending more time together than you ever did when you were working. And that could be a source of friction after a while. All the more reason. <laughs> something that you could do after retirement because you need a break. Right. I mean, I don't care how much you love your spouse and being with them. There is some separation time that's probably very healthy. And then when we talk about uh, life after retirement, obviously, people have big plans to go travel here, there and everywhere. But there's there's nothing wrong with uh, getting a, a post retirement gig. I mean, I, I tell this story a lot because I think it's it's a good lesson. Um, uh, uh, friends, parents uh, there. You know, one works at a golf course a couple of days out of the week and then uh, works for an airline. And as a result, he gets to golf for free one day out of the week and also gets uh, standby privileges to go anywhere. Wow, that's the daily double, right? That's a beautiful strategy. And I don't know what your gig is. I don't know what you like to do. And it doesn't have to always generate income, but it should generate interest. It should generate a sense of accomplishment and fulfillment for you, whatever that is. And, you know, sometimes you do those things with your spouse and sometimes you don't. 
I was going to say, in the case of my own father, who uh, who, who is doing a little bit of consulting work, uh, but uh, he got back into model making in a big way. Uh, this happened during COVID-19, and uh, every time I come over, he's uh, showing off his new uh, airplanes or ships that he was working on, and it's a lot of fun for him. And and other people may volunteer or 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 tackle a hobby or try a new skill. And that's brilliant. And not only that, you could teach that to a, a younger generation. What an almost lost art that is, right? So bottom line, uh, you, you know, we talk about retirement. Uh, yes, it's savings so you can uh, you know, do the big whirlwind trip of Europe. But uh, at the same time, you could teach yourself guitar. And uh, that is just as productive. I agree. Absolutely agree. Obviously, you want to get your finances organized yes. too, right? <laughs> Let's not forget all. That. Yeah, yeah, yes. Do do all. Save the money so you can afford the guitar before you can teach yourself guitar. <laughs> Chris Everett, fiduciary financial planner and president of Everett Wealth Solutions in Forest Park. Thanks for joining us today. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.